From the Leonard Building in Kipps Bay, it's Michael and Marshall. On a Wednesday morning, welcome to Michael and Marshall on the couch. We've taken quite the hiatus here, and we apologize deeply for that, but we are eager to get into our NFL Super Bowl talk as well as a quick quick recap of the disgraceful Knicks game that we just attended, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Ryan, it's good to be back. It has been a hiatus, as you said. And first things first, let's take a quick moment of silence for the end of the NFL season. Okay, and now let's discuss how in the world Doug Peterson and Nick Foles were able to top Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in Super Bowl 52 after putting up 503 yards of passing. Ryan Nick Foles was immaculate. Yeah, and I mean, I think we know the answer to this. And it all starts with that pass that he threw to Clement in the left side of the end zone. Controversial. Controversial, and according to the rule, shouldn't have been a touchdown in my opinion. But for him to throw that ball is ridiculous. But the pass that really sticks in my mind, if you remember it, is that pass he threw to Jeffrey on the right sideline where he turned him around. And he dropped it in between three players. Yeah, and, and you'd like to say maybe this is a product of Doug Peterson, and I'm sure that he, and he did, he called a great game. But Foles made every single play. But besides that, well, it's not. I mean, th- this was the Super Bowl, Kyle, and I sat there in the third quarter and I said to you, this is one of the best football games I've watched. Yeah, and I would have to agree. From start to finish, there was just a buzz to the game that it seemed like every every third down, it seemed like meant the game. Like there was so much momentum on the line. The Pats could never grasp the momentum. They had it at – they almost had it when they started the second half with the score. If they could have just gotten one stop, it seemed like their offense wasn't going to get stopped the whole game. And we know it came down to the strip sack. The strip sack, I should uh, correct myself there. Um <clears throat> The strip sack fumble by Brandon Graham that ultimately costed the Pats the game. But other than that, and other than a dropped pass, believe it or not, was uh, the only two mistakes Tom Brady made throughout the game. And it ultimately cost them their sixth ring. Yeah, and Kyle and I were both rooting pretty heavily for New England watching that game. Rooting and for greatness. When Brady gets that ball back down by five, you're thinking once again, two minutes and 20 seconds, two timeouts in the morning, time not really an issue. Can this really happen again where the best player of all time, really undisputably in our minds, can go down the field again and win another Lombardi trophy? But the Eagles had what it takes. That and it neither, like- neither defense, neither defense, Kyle, really made any plays minus the deflection interception. There were really no plays made other than maybe the screen they threw to Aguilar on a third or a fourth down. Or third down. They got third the, down to force they the got the loss of three. They got the field goal after they went off sides. They declined it. No one cares about that. But just a great game and we saw we sat there back and forth, only two punts in that game. And another thing I thought of Kyle was within five minutes it was that classic strange Super Bowl game with weird plays. Yeah, a lot of weird plays. You think about the uh 
the PAT that the Pats couldn't convert. Uh, Gostowski also butchers another field goal. But I want to bring it back to the Pats' defense. It always seems like in years past that the Pats are able to, whether they have a bunch of studs on defense or not, they're able to come up with that timely stop to uh, to get Tom the ball back just in time. Um, and while they had the lead um, in the fourth quarter, the, pa- the Pats' defense just couldn't make that play that they always seem to. They had the uh, the crucial, in my mind, the, the, uh, the play of the game was the uh, – the fourth down with five minutes left when Foles was able to hit Zach Ertz on the uh, the fourth and short on the little whip route um, to extend the drive. They were always able to convert their third and five, their third, third and, and six yeah. every drive. Couple fourth downs. They had the great trick play where Foles obviously caught the touchdown, but just a masterful job by Nick Foles and Doug Peterson. A great game plan. It really was, and they mixed up the running game with Clement, Ajahi, and Blunt perfectly, but. You can't mention that Patriots defense without bringing up the fact that Malcolm Butler didn't touch the field. We've heard several rumors about how he was smoking some weed, missed the team flight, missed curfew, blah, blah, blah. He made the post on Instagram how he how all that stuff was false. Belichick, which he would never, didn't say a word. And Brady even liked the post, which somewhat increases the confidence that Butler was telling the truth. And I said this to some people in the office that there are 31 other coaches in this league and all 31 of them would have played Butler. But Kyle, there are some cons with everything and the way the Patriots and Belichick manage this team, that's that's the way they do it. If you disrespect them, if you don't go about things the right way, and as Bill would say, if you don't do your job, you don't play. And that's what happened and it can easily be argued, I wonder what you think, and there's no way of quantifying it that if Butler played, this is a different game. Yeah, I mean, it's living in the what-if world, but I definitely think it could have made a drastic impact on the game. But it's hard to second-guess Belichick after all these years and all these victories. But he has created the Patriot way. He's been around for over 17 years, and the success for the Patriots only speaks for themselves. But given that, if it's true that wasn't a disciplinary punishment and it was just based off of him being sick, not really around, having a bad practice week. I mean, this is a man that single-handedly won you a Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl forty-nine against the Seahawks, obviously, with the uh, the famous interception of Russell Wilson when they didn't give the bottom Marshawn Lynch. But Malcolm Butler has clearly proven himself that he can perform in these type of games, and I think he could have definitely made a difference in this game. I mean, the continuity on defense, Eric Rowe wasn't told that he was starting until moments before the game. Um, I think it kind of shocked everybody on that defense, and uh, they weren't able to get a stop all night. They got embarrassed by a backup quarterback and a second-year head coach. Yeah, and it definitely shocked us, and obviously you heard all this Brady, Kraft, Belichick garbage leading up to the postseason, and you wonder, Kyle, if this team or if this information was remotely accurate. Maybe you get the gist or the vibe that Belichick is a bit stubborn or a bit (laughs) Oh, he clearly um, is. We know that. Stuck in his own ways, but clearly what he's done has been, I mean, he's he's arguably the best coach in NFL history. I mean, we and, see up the uh, the two Bills documentary, which yeah, I'm not sure if you've seen it. I haven't had the chance to watch yet, and we'll probably... It, it only glorifies him yeah, more. He was pretty much the mastermind behind even two more Super Bowls. Yeah, so. we're trying, and this is a bit off topic, but we're going to try and make this a consistent Thursday-Sunday podcast so that our listeners can come to expect 
um, something that's more of a pattern. But this one's coming out Wednesday. Yeah, we've been a bit <laughs> lackluster. A few reasons for that. Nobody cares again. But um, the whole Malcolm Butler situation was a bit strange, and you see him standing there on the sideline. You see him shedding tears during the national anthem. You and regardless, was- you don't want to get too stuck on that. You clearly have to credit Foles. You have to credit the entire Philly football team and Doug Peterson. But for some of those comments where people will sit there and say, oh, but the Patriots got outplayed, and that's where I don't really agree. I think this game was an entirely equally played football game. Well, that, came big- down, that came down to one mistake where Brady on that, on that first down after the completion of Gronk and he'll probably watch this 500 times this offseason minimum, had James White open on a quick out pattern, maybe tried to wait it out a little bit long, look out, look off the uh, safety, maybe go deep, and he held on to the ball too long, and he made that typical Brady pose we've seen against the G-men. And not to get off topic here, but they made this point, Kyle, that Eli, anytime he's involved in the Super Bowl, the Pats lose, and that's what happened again with this brilliant commercial. Yeah, that was a brilliant commercial. That was the commercial of the night. By far. No, that and the uh, the Tyrion Lannister slash yeah, Morgan, uh, Morgan Freeman, Freeman uh, lip sync battle with the Doritos commercial. But yeah, just to get back on point, it was a typical Patriot Super Bowl. It comes down to a few plays. It's gonna be. It's gonna come down to the fourth quarter. Um, whichever team can make the plays has seemed to come up on top. Of, you know the famous Giants plays, but now you're gonna think include Nick Foles in that. And Brady's uh, Brady's struggles against the NFC East in the Super Bowl are continued. He's now zero and three. Well, I think that to the point of the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, I think it's good for the NFL to be able to show the fans that you don't always have to have that. Hall of Fame quarterback in order to get to this game or win this game. You saw Nick Foles. You don't want to say out quarterback Tom Brady, but I mean, you could make the argument. But to see the Eagles win this Nick game. Nick Foles has been historic over the past. Yeah, I mean, he played his, his game against the Vikings. Back to back games. Back to back. Probably, I don't know, just this is based off the top of my head, but a top three, two-game performance for a quarterback all-time in NFL playoff history. I mean, it was remarkable. Like, it's, take yeah. nothing away from the Eagles, take nothing away from the coach and quarterback, but it'll be really interesting to see what they do going forward. Do they keep Foles as a backup? Do they use him as trade bait, sell him high? You can see a team like Arizona. You can see a team like Cleveland going after him. Uh, but after such a short uh, stint of greatness, I mean, Carson Wentz we know is the man, but... Just this makes the uh, the quarterback carousel of the NFL even more intriguing after a backup quarterback uh, coming in and uh, leading his team to a Super Bowl. Uh, you'd think that there's some organizations that would pay top dollar for that. Yeah, and I think they will, and I think it's going to be the classic Matt Castle-type situation where you pay this man his $15 million a year, and he, he wins his seven games, and you realize that it was uh, just... the coaching. It was just coaching, hot at the right moment. But this Super Bowl game is a hard game not to sit here and just compliment the entire time. You can't. Re- there's not really much to critique. I mean, both teams played a great game, and you you want to sit there and shit on the defenses, but both quarterbacks. Tough way for Patricia to go out. Yeah, but both quarterbacks, Kyle, played flawless football, minus the deflection pick and the fumble by Brady. You can't really sit here and as. 
the uh, podcast slash radio hosts or anyone on TV that the ideal situation is to shit on someone. There's really no one to critique. You could critique the kickers, maybe the long snapper for New England, but these well, teams think- played great football. Both quarterbacks played historic games, most most yards in a, in a Super Bowl. So all you can do is really tip your hat to Foles and the Eagles. Yeah, you got to tip your cap to both teams. Um, uh, but like I said, it's a tough way for Patricia to go out. Uh, last game, he obviously got hired as the uh, Detroit Lions head coach. So his stint in New England is over. We'll see if uh, that's only fuel for the fire, if the uh, Detroit defense will be uh, one to be reckoned with next year. But uh, let's talk about the other coordinator in town. Let's talk about Josh McDaniels. Yeah, let's get uh, to surprisingly, it. surprisingly uh, bowing out of his uh, agreement with the Colts to become their head coach. That was my uh, that was my uh, call for uh, best new head coach hire because it seemed like a lock, but. Sounds like he wants to stay in New England. We don't know if he's going to be the coach and hire. We don't know if Andrew Luck isn't 100% healthy. Ryan, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I mean, I think it creates a big bag of drama. It's They're going to throw out all these thoughts about how this might be the end of Belichick and how McDaniels might be the man to take the job next. Uh, all these thoughts, there's already these ridiculous rumors about how the uh, the Patriots wanted to get revenge about Deflategate. I don't buy that. I think that McDaniels may have realized that what he's making probably around a million dollars a year to uh, realistically, Kyle, he probably kind of coach, kind of just he, like lead along the best probably, player. Yeah, exactly. He probably has this kinship with Brady that. He doesn't really want to move on from. He's working with the most competitive, the best quarterback of all time. And do you think that losing this game had any impact on that decision? Is it a, I want to get back there with Tom? Do you think if they won this game, he'd move on, or he just can't move on now that they lost? Uh, Well, it all depends on the circumstances. Maybe the circumstances would have been different had the Patriots uh, lost. Had the Patriots won, I mean, just given with ownership, maybe like a a different agreement was put into place. Maybe. uh, Who knows? Uh, But yeah, there's obviously, there's there's always like uh, some definite pros into uh, coaching Tom Brady. I don't know if you've seen Tom vs. Tom, but there's a little segment where... uh, Brady's watching film leaves Josh a yeah he leaves him a voicemail saying like the most specific audible based off of like running a fly route yeah based off of like preseason film that they've been watching and like there's just there's like there's a back and forth between the two of them maybe he doesn't want to uh, uh, give give away and we know that he was already unsuccessful once as a head coach maybe he thinks that given the ownership uh, in Jim Irsay. We all know he's a bit of a questionable guy waking up. Uh, so is Andrew. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, and honestly, maybe he heard new news about Andrew Luck. We don't know. But we all we do know that there's consistency and ownership in New England. Maybe he's the next coach. Maybe he's the coach in waiting. Maybe he's just excited to coach Tom another year. I mean, and this only solidifies New England, to, in my mind, as the favorite for next year. Yeah, he, and... Not to cut you off, there's no point of really trying to predict the uh, how long Brady and Belichick have left. I personally think that they'll they'll reach the Super Bowl probably two more times. I think Brady 
I don't think Brady's lost anything. I mean, you watch the game on Sunday. He's the best he's played in a Super Bowl. He yeah. couldn't have been better. Yeah, he actually, yeah. <laughs> but sure. it, it's easy to be ignorant and have this thought that maybe Brady walked up to McDaniels after the Super Bowl and said, I need you, let's get back here. And McDaniels, uh, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that, easy, that, up. Yeah, that oh, easily could have happened. Yeah. It is interesting. Ah, interesting. <laughs> it's yeah, interesting. Tom, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> easily could have happened, but... It's strange that this happened. Every time these guys agree to these deals, while they're technically still um, employed by the team that is in the playoffs, seems so, to come through. Uh, yeah, we fruition. were we were making the joke about how uh, we made the joke on our previous episode about how if New England's D doesn't perform, that the uh, Lions will no doubt rescind the offer, which was clearly ridiculous. Yeah, which is surprising that it's not. Imagine if it was Patricia. That's but, uh, the, it's, uh, yeah, it's not as if they rescinded the <laughs> offer. Uh, McDaniels simply uh, probably got Belichick Brady brainwashed and said, uh, I'm going to stay here and try and get back. I've got no chance in Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah. Probably going to win six games. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Who knows who they're going to hire. Maybe uh... – Probably, I mean, they got <laughs> fucked by this. Yeah, they're absolutely <laughs> screwed. Uh, everyone is already hired and preparing for next year. So uh, good luck to Indianapolis, and we know New England will be back. But let's really quick touch on the, the Hall of Fame class of 2018. And, Ryan, it reminds me one thing, and that is that we're getting old. Yeah, we are getting old. It's yeah. strange to see a guy like Ray Lewis get inducted yeah, into Ray the Hall Lewis of Fame. Brought, well, let's, like, let's uh, recap it yeah, a little bit. Yeah, go for it. Ray, it was, uh, among others, it included Ray Lewis, uh, Brian Erlocker, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Brian Dawkins, uh, Jerry Kramer, the old-time Packer, and I might be getting, uh, might be forgetting one. No, but uh, there there are several, but, yeah, go, go on. But what I mean is that these are guys that uh, we personally have seen, and honestly, I remember playing with them in like Madden 06, they'd be the cornerstones of my fantasy drafts, but... Brian Dawkins, uh, Brian Erlocker, Ray Lewis, obviously the two receivers, all-time players. It's 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 very cool to see these guys get in. What a class. And it's cool to see T.O. and Randy go in together. Yeah, it's strange, as I was mentioning, to see some of these guys go in. It's different than the MLB where they're uh, eligible to get inducted only after, I think, two or three years. But strange to see a guy like Ray Lewis, who he's wearing a suit. He looks bigger than he did when he played in the NFL. And Dear, not, like, not even from a fat standpoint. He's just still massive. But it was cool to see um, Owens and Moss go in in the same class. Speaking of Moss, I don't know if you saw this, Kyle, but Brady running out of the tunnel and grabbing Moss and probably yelling a let's fucking go yeah. was unbelievable. It really was. And <laughs> it was imagine, the, imagine the uh, congratu- the heartfelt congratulations that Brady offered Moss uh, after his... Uh, I in- love Tom Brady. Yeah, look. Tom Brady. <laughs> I Randy Moss is unreal. If only he could have stuck around a few more years in New England. Uh, if only he had his head on straight his full career. Gaudy numbers. And T.O. I mean, we all know T.O. was a cancer in the locker room. Two of them. But his numbers, uh, his numbers spoke for themselves. Like, there's no way they're going to keep him out forever. They didn't, uh, they didn't get him in last year, and I'm not sure if last year was his first year. So, a bit of punishment for being a locker room cancer. But ultimately, like I said, the numbers speak for themselves. He had to come in into the hall and get his bus. <laughs> yeah, get his bus. Terrell Canton, as us, as we enjoy saying. But quick recap on the Super Bowl game. It's just so weird that the. You don't want to sound elementary here, but it is just odd that the Eagles 
won the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. It's they haven't they've never won a Super Bowl and clearly when Wentz went down against the Rams in what week thirteen or week twelve, figured they have no chance Foles. And I guess we ignore the importance of this that he had spent no time playing in practice, had some shoulder injury that was going on, and it's just you see with these teams, Kyle, that when their backup quarterbacks get inserted, they show no trust in them. They play the conservative game. And you saw that Peterson, after, what, one or two weeks of this, established, if we're going to win, I've got to let this guy, I've got to unleash this guy and see what he has. And yeah. you got, uh, Doug Peterson, <clears throat> you don't want to sound cliche, but he was, in my mind, the MVP of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I would agree. And after all these years and all these games, you kind of have to go with the mantra that, you got to be kind of ballsy to beat the New England Patriots. You got to play to win. Uh, granted, the Falcons last year took that to a bit of an excessive stunt. They probably could have uh, um, sat on it. Sat on it. As obviously. our boy Francesco says, you could have locked him in the locker. I was going to plagiarize that for a yeah, minute, so I was thinking of a different saying. So, uh, yeah, you could have locked him in the room. You could have played with yeah. a, uh, a midgets football coach, and they yeah, still would have won. Said. <laughs> yeah. For all those that don't care, Francesa had an MVP performance on uh, Bill Simmons, one of our favorites, on a Friday afternoon. Francesa Fridays, should, it's sad to see them go. Should but, certainly listen to us as we're uh, heavily competing with them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the tops of the books. Uh, but yeah, just to get back on point... Uh, you can't argue that uh, Doug Peterson didn't want it. He he pulled out all the stops, calls the uh, the wide receiver reverse pass, going for it on fourth down constantly, knowing that you have to be ballsy and you have to uh, play to win against these New England Patriots, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, and we sat there in, what, the third quarter and thought, all right, the Eagles' majority of the game were leading until the Pats um, went up in the fourth but we kept reiterating the fact that you saw with Jacksonville and you've seen with so many of these teams, they get up by three and they try and play this really delicate style of football saying, oh, let's hold the ball. But realistically, you could tell quickly with the Patriots if they're going to be able to pound it on offense. And they showed that. And you're playing against Tom Brady. you got to keep trying to score rather than just run the football. And they really kind of abandoned that running game in the second half, even though it was pretty successful, they involved guys like Aguilar. They really involved everyone in offense. And it's just, again, to the point that Nick Foles played like an MVP of this league. He played like he was in that Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, Wilson type uh, category. Out of his mind. Out of his mind. It was silly. <laughs> it absolutely was silly. Um, can I uh, – yeah, I think that's about all we have to say about the, the Super Bowl – Ryan, can I give you, can I ask you a very off-the-cuff, a very preliminary Super Bowl prediction uh, for next year? Uh, Come on, give it I mean, it's going to be New England because I see no reason why. I'm a, uh, uh, I'm going to say this, and I don't know if I mean it, but I mean, I hope they could stay healthy, and I think that if they can, if they can draft some linemen, and if they can acquire running back, in the offseason, which is not that tall of an order. <laughs> I think that the Seahawks can find their way back there. I think Russell Wilson, once again, proved to us that he is a uh, once-in-a-generation type talent. I know that everyone hates them, but if they can find that running back, maybe it is Chris Carson once he comes off the injury, and if they could find some protection for Wilson. And if finally 
the uh, the special uh, safeties, the special cornerbacks can stay healthy. They've got the best linebacker in football. They've got their no pads, the end, and Bennett. If they could stay healthy, I could see a uh, Seattle-New England rematch. And I don't want to sound boring, but I'd just be shocked if anyone beat New England again. I don't think Brady's going to look any different. Yeah, I think he's going to be they, the same. And they got there this course. year with no defense. Yeah. I mean, How about you? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go New England in the AFC, which is uh, no shocker to anybody with a brain out there listening. Um, and I would I'll go out of the same division uh, out in the west of the NFC. But I I think uh, next year will be the oh, year that the, you're a homer. <laughs> <laughs> I think next year will be the year that uh, Sean McVay, Jared Goff, a year under their belt. They still got a lot of uh, a lot of young talented guys on the books for uh, pretty reasonable contracts. Uh, Todd Gurley, Aaron Donald, Sean McVay being recognized as some of the league's best uh, on this past Saturday at the NFL Awards show. I think the Rams can put it all together next year and uh, maybe head down to Atlanta for Super Bowl 53. Uh, there's there's no – you can't sit here and say no chance, but I'm going to politely uh, disagree here. But with that, we're going to wrap up our NFL talk. We're going to come back with some miscellaneous, potentially some NBA – We'll see what's uh, in store for us, but that's our uh, that's our real uh, last NFL uh, breakdown of the season. I'm sure we'll get into off season. Yeah, I'm sure there'll off. be some off season music going on, but that's our last game analysis. We felt good about it. I hope you did too. With that, we welcome you to and our. With that. <laughs> I can't stop saying that. <laughs> our miscellaneous talk. We wanted to start off with a quick question, a pretty basic one, Kyle. Chicken or beef? Chicken or beef. I go chicken. <laughs> I think chicken is a more consistent play in any way that you're looking at it. In any way that you examine it front to back, you look at it, you leave no uh, stone left unturned. Chicken's blatantly the move over beef. Firmly and especially <laughs> when it's coming with uh, some broccoli uh, served in a Chinese takeout uh, dish. With chicken and a can on. of sodium on it. <laughs> but I'm going to firmly disagree on our chicken and beef talk here. I think beef wins it every single time. There is nothing that I really enjoy more. I mean, this is embarrassing to say. I probably enjoy several things more. Then when you get a nice piece beef. of steak and you cut it in the right direction and it falls off on the knife, a good piece of red juicy beef. I'm not sure where we're really going with our chicken and beef combo, but I think beef wins it all. I think that... I mean, there's no. I'm not elaborating. I'm not going to try and be an analyst here. Beef, On beef is better. I don't think beef is better. <laughs> I'm not a beef analyst <laughs> by any means. If but Kyle means... wanted to. Uh... No, go on. Get to it. No, I mean, I'll just reiterate my point that how many times have you eaten chicken? Can you really go without it? It goes with. Uh... You cut it off the bone with your potatoes. You eat it in Explaining your. Explaining uh, how to eat chicken. Your afternoon sandwich. I mean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's chicken all day, number one overall. Ah, interesting. <laughs> I wanted to uh, get to, uh, Kyle wanted to discuss the uh, fiasco that is uh, commuting and traveling in New York City. What do you got here, Kyle? Yeah, so my, my normal move is to stick with the subways when it's a little bit out of range. I'm, I'm actually... I'm, uh, I believe in walking when it's uh, when it's appropriate. That's a quote. I believe yeah. in walking. I believe in walking throughout New York City. Uh, believe it or not. <laughs> but 
Well, it's either you're in the subway and you're being sung kumbaya by a man with a beard down to his dick, or the other day I'm walking through, I'm walking to get a drink at the local watering hole, and I pass by a mailbox on Park Avenue and a homeless man is pissing all over it, so you really can't avoid the trauma whichever way you go. You know what my least favorite part of it is? When you walk into the, and for me it's that 28th Street 6 train station, and someone has just blatantly taken a dump. They shit all over the place. <laughs> and we're walking. And we're I'm walking not sure how to avoid it. No, this is the issue, Kyle. So you walk in there and you smell it, and you're clearly in the morning. You know which way to go. You know which direction to go in order you're to make robot. sure that when the subway gets to your spot, you're gonna get right off to the exit and keep things going so that you get to your desk on time but just in time the main issue is when you do that and you are entirely unsure of whether or not the direction you're walking is into the shit or away from <laughs> yeah. it no idea sometimes you're <laughs> shit bound either way you go brother. yeah really <laughs> basically it's just a city problem but the transit just only friggin uh, exposes it even more you cannot get away from the fucking grotesque or just the people who will blatantly walk in front of you. They'll elbow you on the subway, even though you don't have a centimeter to go in any direction. And they're four feet tall, and, and they just think they're entitled to every bit of oxygen that uh, that is available. But just these goddamn people, man. It's an absolute disgrace. Yeah, there, there are a lot of ways to go on this subway talk. And before we get too inappropriate with it, because that that's it's easy to do so. I wanted to quickly wrap up. Uh, I finished uh, watching Savage Kingdom on National Geographic oh, yeah. via Amazon. Highly recommended by my co-host, Kyle. And uh, we've, we've done a pretty good job Review. mentioning our names today. I'm Ryan. I don't know if he said my name. I'm sure he has. Uh, we're, but we're Michael and Marshall also. Yeah, we've got And we are now a half hour in a world record of not introducing ourselves, nor the name of the podcast, a budding podcast in that. <laughs> well, welcome into Michael and Marshall. This is miscellaneous talk with uh, your with secondary your host, Marshall. Here's Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly uh, searching for some humor on the miscellaneous segment this week, but uh, to get to it, I wrapped it up and... Nobody really knows what I'm talking about here because they probably haven't watched it. But Kyle does, so we can enjoy this segment. <laughs> um, the king of the clan, the king of his pride, is psychic comma. But what I wanted to say to you is, and you mentioned this, you you told me the way that it's uh, presented is special. The narrator is unbelievable. It's like you're in a six-month drama movie, and it's like, it's it's literally scripted, but it's not, and this is the type of stuff that goes on every day out there. These animals just mauling each other for food and water. It's absolutely absurd. Tell me about the, uh, That's the, the battle against the, 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 the hippo. You hear the, you hear the uh, narrator saying stuff like... And being like sarcastic and funny. Like... Psychocama, this is your spot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, when like he's like realizing like I'm blatantly gonna stay here. What's the uh, the hyena's name? Oh, oh, I can't remember remotely, and you've been too out of it to remember. But I don't know. It's don't more like towards the end of the way. episode is uh, Saketi is reaching his prime. Go get your way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous stuff that keeps you so engaged. 
But the last scene involves these five lions, and I always find it interesting. You wonder if if a lion, for example, Psychicama, on a nice evening day, on a nice evening, is thinking, oh, "What a beautiful night!" Yeah. <laughs> Waking up in the stars, having yeah. like a nice uh, relaxation. Like on a on a warm no, summer yeah. night, he's sitting there. With his with his pride, <laughs> with his pride, <laughs> with, his, with his love, with his pride, and he's sitting there, and they've got this elephant. They've exhausted it to a point where they can really take advantage. And it's insane watching these lions jump on the back of an elephant, a single on. lion, and just bite him to just absurd pain. And you see them take him down, and and. Something that happens more so on late in this season is you watch Psychicama really dominate his pride. And what, what ends up happening is Saketi, his son, ends up being responsible for the kills. So imagine this. You watch your son and, and your pride kill the prey. And then once the prey has been killed, you very uh, – in a very rude manner, push them out of the way and say, I'm going to eat this now. You're not going to get one bite. Yeah, they do. It's, <laughs> they do it's all like more the and then he eats the entire food. He eats yeah, all food. He eats the eat first because he's, I guess, because he's Because he's at like it. a comma. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, there's your miscellaneous soccer comma. Everybody out there, there's a Nat Geo plug for you. Please watch, watch Savage it. Savage Kingdom, Kingdom two seasons. Um, if you can't get access to the Nat Geo website, which I was not able to secure. Here's Ryan's password and login information. <laughs> I don't have that. I actually was uh, too big of an animal nerd. Uh, $5 a pop for each season. I didn't hesitate because there's nothing like watching the story of Psychicama and his pride. It was honestly something special, something recommended by Kyle. And if you're into, uh, I want, I don't want to say animal violence, but if you're into watching these lions get their way, uh, you'll be introduced to a monster in the uh, end of the second season. They never name what type of animal it is, and it's quite ridiculous. But we figured if Kyle has nothing else to add here, a quick. 35 minutes of uh, your hosts, Michael and Marshall, on the couch. Kyle's got something to add, though, so uh, with his form to the chest, we'll allow him to do that. <laughs> well, let's just talk about what we're, we're going to do going forward. It'll yeah. be mostly we'll, we'll transition it to base, uh, more so basketball as it concludes. We'll get into some funny uh, March Madness Olympics talk in which we uh, – We'll analyze sports we truly have no clue about. Uh, <laughs> and then obviously we'll we'll keep it loose with the miscellaneous. We'll try to uh, create some funny segments for you guys. But uh, it's going to be less football-centric going forward, at least for a little bit. We'll get into some off-season stuff. But we hope you stick around. Again, I know we've been saying it. We'll start advertising more on social media. Uh, we really enjoy doing it. Hope you guys listen to it. And Ryan, you got anything to say? Yeah, um, I think that moving forward, we're going to try and stick to a consistent uh, two days a week schedule on Thursdays and Sundays. So you should be getting episodes every Friday and Monday, the worst and best day of the week. Um, and I think that it's you'll see some more preparation moving forward as we move away from the football season and aren't necessarily as knowledgeable about uh, what we're talking about. That's good. Specifically the Olympics. um, As we move towards baseball season, which is a far way away right now, 
you'll be hearing some psychotic rants from Michael himself. <laughs> but um, we're all excited to wrap up Volume 6. Producer Nick, who was absent, he's uh, playing a very intense game of Call of Duty as we speak. And very important. Very important. <laughs> Crucial. But um, we're gonna we're done here, and we hope you enjoy Volume Six. We'll be back on the airwaves, and we'll release Volume Seven on Monday morning. So thank you for listening, and so long. I just wanna take you out and show you off. You already know that you're the perfect one. Girl, when I'm with you, feel like a champion. Ever since I got with you, I feel like I don't want me a trophy. A trophy, I want me a trophy. I want, I want, I want a trophy. I just wanna take you out and show you how. You already know that you're the perfect one. Girl, when I'm with you, feel like a champion. Ever since I got with you, I feel like God want me a trophy. Hey. Trophy, I want me a trophy. I want me a trophy. Trophy. I want me a trophy. A trophy. Get the fucking on the dresser just to make that pussy wetter. Gotta put you in that bitches, now you rockin' Perry Ellis, then I leave with you. Only cause I believe in you. The neighbors are you in the 12 foot ceilings. Ain't just painting through the house so I can breathe with you. I wanna live my dream with you. You say that money don't matter, it's the times and the memories. Now that ass getting fatter, and I know it's because of me. I know it's because of me. I know it's because of me. Got you in custody. Whoever knocking at the door, they gotta wait till we finish. I know I started at the bottom, but that ain't what we in. I just wanna take you out and show you how. You already know that you're the perfect one. Girl, when I'm with you, feel like a champion. Ever since I got with you, I feel like God done won me a trophy. Trophy. I want me a trophy. I want, I want, I want a trophy. I want me a trophy. A trophy. A trophy. You the, you the, number one trophy wife. So it's only right to live a trophy life. You grew up on J Lo, Timberlands by Manolo now. Till one day I put an angel in your ultrasound. I wanna dip that ass and go. I wanna dip that ass and go. I made it over NBA, NFL players. So every time I score, it's like the Super Bowl. Baby, we should head to South of France So you could run around without the pants I put that glacier on your little hand Now that's the only thing without a tan My trophy on that bound bike I gave you only pipe If people don't hate, then it won't be right You could look at Kylie, Kendall, Courtney, and your Chloe All your mama ever made was trophies, right? I just wanna take you out and show you how You already know that you're the perfect one Girl, when I'm with you, feel like a champion. Ever since I got with you, I feel like God done won me a trophy. Trophy. I want me a trophy. A trophy. I 
the trophy. 